God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I that you would know my name? Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode number 59 of Life on Purpose. You are here with myself, Daniel Clayton, with top dog slash dad, uh, Mike Clayton, and none other than Dave Covert. Yeah. Uh, Ryan is swamped, not in a swamp, yeah. but swamped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to finish up some projects, so um, we'll be without him tonight, but hopefully hopefully next week we'll get everyone back on here. It's been a while since we've all been on. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's almost like we have lives outside of like you know this which is it's hard to believe sometimes really but um, no <laughs> i do nothing i just you know just i mean that's all i do all day it's yeah been three I mean, guys yakking for a while instead of four guys yakking yeah yeah <laughs> it's like somebody in israel asked me uh so so what do you do <laughs> a loaded yeah, question yeah, yeah i mean uh, it's, it's like, well, i don't know i just you know i mean what what do I do? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that a lot of times. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like well, a friend of mine, old friend of mine, uh, years ago. This is back when I was a pastor in uh, in Florida, and a, a friend of mine at a different church decided one Monday morning he was going to go fishing. All right. He hadn't been fishing in months, and so he got his boat, little little John boat, you know, and uh, he stops by the gas station and he gets gas. And uh, one of his parishioners uh, pulls up and says, Brother Henry, you heading out fishing again? And Henry said, I looked at the guy and said, well, you know, when you only work on Sunday and Wednesday nights, you got to find something to do. <laughs> now, that, that one. <laughs> that'd be funny if it wasn't for the, 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 the thought that most people, that's what they think. I actually think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. You guys only do something on Monday nights, right? That's right. Yeah. Or yeah, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it ends up being. Uh, yeah. That's what that was also the funny thing when we as a traveling worship band. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't take care of everything. It's like, no, yeah. this is a very expensive hobby. Yeah, it's a very is. expensive hobby. We know, thank God for all the opportunity, but yeah. it's expensive hobby. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you think about um, you think about the job of a shepherd and probably 90% of the time, it's really, really boring. But I, I would imagine, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I'm just kind of pulling off of, you know, what I think I know. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's very routine. Um, you know, you you let them out. You take them to the grazing spots. Yeah. You let them do it. You come back. You shear them in the spring. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so, but there, then there's the 10% of the time that yeah. is intensely important. Yeah. That if you are not aware and if you're not present and focused, 100% of the time you're going to miss that 10% and then your sheep right. are going to die. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, well, that's totally different happened. segue than what we started. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> right. a little bit. I got a question for you. What's that? What's that around your neck? Man? Well, you see, I know this guy. Oh. I know this guy that uh, some might call wild. Some might call him reckless. Um, some might call him just downright crazy mm-hmm. um but there's this guy i know that was just in israel Ooh. you might know him, you might have heard of him <laughs> his name is mike Lee. oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he was I've just read about that guy on the internet <laughs> that guy yeah yeah you saw that guy 
Um, no, I was actually talking to someone today and I told them that my dad just got back from Israel and they were like, isn't there a bunch of crazy stuff going on over there? And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's not his first rodeo, you know, nothing new for him. Yeah. 33rd rodeo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but, but that was cool to be able to tell them, um, you know, people, people know at that point, like, wow, that's, that's, that's conviction, you know, like we've been talking about these last few weeks, but yeah, um, you brought these back for me. So these are two dog tag type necklaces that are very popular and popular seems the wrong word. They are, um, important and well circulated in Israel. So this first one, um, it says our hearts are captive in Gaza on one side oh sorry that side that's this side in yeah. english it says bring them home now and yeah. the hebrew says our hearts are captive in gaza the other side says together we will be victorious yeah. um the other one has the uh, the date of october 7th on it it says we came here to win wow uh, if i've interpreted that correctly and we will not forget and then the other side is the shema so, you know, you brought these back and there was two different kinds and I feel very special because my my indecisiveness played me well that day because I kept <laughs> staring at these like, man, which one do I want? I don't know because I didn't quite know what, what they said at that point. Um, and you were like, I'll just keep them both. And you know what? It's kind of annoying sometimes because they rattle a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time I move, they rattle. But I've come to really love that fact that whenever I move, whenever I, um, you know, whenever I, I bend over, they, they rattle. I can't get away from it. Um, and I, I've come to, to love that fact because it is a constant reminder around my neck, which, you know, I think we've been talking, we've had our Israel segments over the last, uh, weeks or months rather. Um, and we've always talked about like, you know, how do we keep this at the forefront of our mind? How do we stay strong with this? And the Almighty was very wise when he instructed the people of Israel in the wilderness to wear tzitzit or yeah. tassels on the corners of their garments. Now, I I know some people are very stickler about how, how to interpret the corners of your garments. Um, do your best. Yeah. to obey and don't miss the point. The point is not, have you found the actual four corners of your body, which is kind of impossible if I, if I understand uh, anatomy correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah. The point is to have physical reminders everywhere. Mm-hmm. The mezuzah, you know, to write it upon the doorpost of your house and upon your gates, um, the zitzit, to wear them on, to wear them on your person the father is always instructing us on physical things because there is nothing like having a physical reminder, something that rattles every time you move, something that you see every time you bend over to pick something up, something that you see every time you walk inside your door. There is no substitute, I think, for those physical things. It's true. Um and, and by the way, um, if you would remind me on Shabbat that I have one for your business partner, Jonathan, okay. uh, already set aside. And uh, David, I, I think I still have two. I, I know that I came back with two with your names on it, yours and uh, and Ryan's names on them. And, I was about uh, to ask. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. Where's I hope that I, PayPal I hope link? I, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I hope I still have two left. Um, I came back with a pile of them. 
And uh, it was, I got to tell you this story. It was so fascinating. And and Daniel, Please. you were in on the, the uh, Life Assembly this past Shabbat as my trip to Israel was one of divine appointments. Um, from the get-go, yes. it was divine appointment after divine appointment after, wow, look, there's another divine appointment. And it was, it, it got so crazy that I was just like looking up going, you did it again. Well, I had a divine appointment today. Uh, I normally don't go to the bank. You know, I'm, I'm, I've gotten into the, to the thing about, uh, you know, not seeing anybody face to face and just doing everything online. Well, I had a check that I needed to go to the bank. And so I'm going to at least, you know, kind of halfway break the rule and go through the drive through. That way I just have to see them on screen. <laughs> and so I hand them, I, I sent the check in and the lady comes on and says, I, I want to cash it. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll be right back. She, she throws the thing back to me, you know, and, uh, or puts it in a little tube and it goes through whatever it goes through. And all of a sudden, another lady who I've, who I've known at the bank for a long time, she's like one of the only ones that's been there for a long time. I see her face up on the screen and she says, Mike, I just thank you so much for all the videos you did in from Israel. She said, I followed every single one of them. And wow. it was just such an amazing thing for me. So I had, I, I had one of those in my pocket that I was going to go by and give somebody, but they weren't in their office. Huh? So I just hmm. pulled up in front of the bank and did the, uh, you know, the, the unhuman thing of walking in the door. And I hear her say, uh, you know, did, did you, did you, you know, is there something wrong? I said, no. I said, I have, I had uh, extra one of these in my pocket and I just wanted to come and give it to you. And in the middle of the bank, she starts crying and all the other tellers are around and they're like, what in the world is going on? I don't know what the conversation was later, but, uh, it was, it was deeply touching to, uh, to Cindy. And, I'm I'm just so thankful for being able to do something like that. But, wow. uh, reminders. Yeah. That's a good, good word, Daniel. Uh, David, you've been, we kept you out of the loop here. You gotta, you want to yeah, throw something You guys me? kept me out of the loop. Cause I'm like, oh man. Cause like <laughs> before you even said anything about, uh, what you got those, I was like, look at the I'm like, okay, Mike has got, to, I'm going to talk to Mike right after <laughs> this thing. I'm going, okay, who is it? Who do I got to pay? Cause I want one of those really, really badly that those look amazing. And wow. Cause we have one of the necklaces from the, uh, with the half shekel or pretty close representation of what a half shekel would look like. And that's also something very significant to realize that God sees us all of equal value. So that's really cool how they all had to turn in a half shekel, no matter who you were, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You turn in a half shekel when you came to the temple. Yeah. So when you see something like that and how you're wrapping around your neck, it's like, oh man, that's really great. Cause be able to show that, be able to walk around like, what, what's up with that? Because I don't know about you guys. When it comes to Israel, I feel that, and from some of the circles I see, of course, anti-Semitism is still very, very prevalent. It's very disheartening. But you let's, do let's see, just, David, let, let's just call it what it is: is Jew yeah. hatred. Yeah, about to say, okay. I, I'm being. Yeah, I was being yeah. very nice. You're right. Yeah, I know. I'm, being I, very I'm not nice. anymore. I've lost that. Uh, okay. I've gotten rid of people that were yeah. just that are just hatred. It's yeah. just it's just vile hatred, yeah. and it's just like you know, I don't whatever. I don't. There's yeah. no wasting breath talking about when you're so entrenched in that ideology, yeah. uh, that's just the Holy spirit has to work with those people. Um, if, again, if you feel led to try to convince someone that's a Jew hater to not be, uh, more power to you, but, uh, it's, 
I don't know. It's yeah. almost like there's a, a a snake that has just infiltrated. Oh, yeah. There is but a you snake. Do, you do, <laughs> other than, Mistakes. of course, the, the UN, as they are always just so terrible at making just calls, it feels like more and more people are recognizing Israel where they're at and are agreeing with it. And maybe that's just the circles that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But it seems that more and more people are going yes, even though the typical headliners, they love to do those headlines and how devastating it was when you first got there and it was um, a sabotage or there was a, a surprise attack. And many IDF soldiers lost their lives due to a planned heinous act. And they soldiers. lost their lives. Yeah, and they lost their lives because of, uh, in an effort to try to rescue hostages, they brought the building down. Like, pretty despicable human beings, if I do say so. But something led them to still go through a building, even though they knew they had to. Even though they know that there's a very high likelihood that every single building they walk through will either be booby-trapped, or whether it will be... Uh, or it will open up into an ambush of tunnels, right? Because apparently uh, they have the one of the world's wonders over there with the amount of tunnel networks they've got going on yeah. or something. I keep hearing that this yeah. tunnel network is incredible. Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. But can you imagine that had been used for good versus killing Jews in Israel? A tunnel network not meant to kill people, but to bring life imagine that flipped what if that could i I don't think that those people are capable unfortunately but can you imagine if the opposite would have happened there we would not be talking about gaza like we are today we would that wouldn't even be a thing that would be it's just you hear that and you're just like how is it they were able to make something that essentially incredible the maze of networks of tunnels they have but they are poor and destitute well, it's it, it's amazing, David, because see, when when Gaza was uh, was given over to the Palestinians, when Gush Katif and these other areas were given over in two thousand five, uh, Gush Katif was known as the Riviera of the Mediterranean. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world, and today is a terror uh, hotbed. Uh, you know, they went from eight hundred million uh, or eight hundred thousand. Palestinians, which the the word Palestinians is a made up word to begin with. We won't go into the history of that right here. They went from 800,000 to 2.1 million. So Israel is, uh, you know, the Jews in Israel have been accused of genocide. So when you let a population of 800,000 go to 2.1 million, you're a total failure at genocide. <laughs> you're, you're really bad at it. Okay, you. just saying, just saying. So there's yeah. the, this is all politics. But here here's the we were, we've been talking over the over the weeks before I left about a word conviction. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. The reason why all of this has happened in Gaza is because of conviction. Right. Hamas uh, ISIS, which is still around, the uh, Hezbollah, Islam, mm-hmm. they have a conviction. And they do not wait to begin to teach that in their mosques. See, as as you and I, as, as we may send our, our children to a, uh, to a nursery or to a, a kindergarten or something like that, they send their children to terrorist camps 
when they're still in their single digits, teaching them with fake knives how to stab Jews, teaching them how, teaching them hatred. So when you just said, I don't know if we can change it. No, I don't believe that this generation can be changed outside of miraculous. Right. But you talk about conviction. Mm-hmm. They got it. They got the definition. If 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 we would ever get that e- even a, a fraction of that conviction for the kingdom of God, things would change. Sure would. That's what that, I thought. That was amazing. What you brought up the whole uh, it being a Riviera before it turned into what it is today. How it was this grand place. That's what hatred does, though. Yeah. It pollutes, mm-hmm. it darkens, it just it just destroys, and it creates something that we are really we are literally watching what the culmination of hatred from generation to generation to generation. Like you said, Mike, this is an indoctrination from the beginning of hatred. We we have we can't even possibly fathom that in the West. We can't even possibly fathom like because yeah, there's some people we might dislike. We have never been though indoctrinated from day one as soon as we could understand that. A certain group of people is to be hated and never be trusted and to be killed if if found alone or what or whatever they continue to teach that ideology that just is it's so pervasive it's what's amazing too is is that within their own religion of islam you look at other countries they won't even accept them Oh yeah, they yeah. they go no 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 no. That's y'all's yeah. problem. No, no, no. the yeah. West should take them in. The West needs to take them in yeah. because deep down they know that there's a there can be a reason for their their usefulness, but they yeah. do not want to deal with them. Yeah, the useful part at all. Daniel? You know, it, it is amazing. I'm just I'm just sitting here and listening to you guys, and I am thinking, uh, yeah, I was thinking uh, similar lines uh, of you as you, David, of, mm-hmm. um to be that devoted to hatred that every amount of resource you have goes to hatred. It's, it's un, it's unfathomable if you do not understand spiritual warfare, if you do not understand the nature of the battle that we live in every single day, if you don't understand that, at least to some extent, you have no you have no box to put what you're seeing in because mm-hmm. there's no, there's no physical human explanation for it. It, it is just not, it's just not done. These things are just not done. You don't devote billions of dollars to building these insane tunnels that serve one purpose and one purpose alone. Um, you know, I'm reminded, as you were talking, Dad, I was reminded of one of the themes of Camp Yeshua one year. The theme was relentless. And it was a threefold theme in that um, the enemy is relentless for our soul. Yeah. And the Father is relentless for our soul. And we should be relentless for the Father in our pursuit of him. And you're very right dad when you're talking about their conviction that they have the conviction down and it is it is what they eat sleep eat drink and sleep um but that that relentless nature just to be so relentless for god and for his word that i don't know it just 
in our Western, I don't know if it's our Western culture or, or, or what that just, we have no box for someone devoting their entire life to something like that or something at all to be that convicted about something. But um, I was thinking if, if I can, if I can get the thought back um, <laughs> being relentless for God, hold on. No, that, that puppy's gone. I was definitely it's going gone. somewhere with that and it's gone. So right. someone talk while I think about it. Okay. So <laughs> conviction, mm-hmm. what will you do for your conviction? Hmm. What extreme will you go to for your conviction? Um, I was just, I, I just spent 12 days in Israel on the ground. The, um, uh, behind me on this side right here is mm-hmm. one of the units of the IDF that we've helped, uh, the Shaked unit, which Shaked is almond. And, uh, mm-hmm. the almond is the first tree to bring forth, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's flowers in right. the spring. Mm-hmm. And so the Shaked unit was one of the first ones to go in, into Gaza. I was honored to be able to spend an evening with 500 other soldiers. I don't speak Hebrew enough to, to, to carry on any conversation except for ice cream. Um, (laughs) There were some of them that, that, that knew some English, uh, one or two that could speak pretty good English. Others that thought they could speak English, which was really funny, but um, uh, to be in the room with these men and women who had just come out of battle uh, and we're going back within the next 24 to 48 hours to be in the same room with them, to be sitting there in the front row and looking up and seeing the pictures and candles that ended up being lit to 14 of their soldiers who had died in the last uh, three months. One of the young men that I know now um, I was able to spend some time with uh, this young man was late to the meeting the other night, late to the celebration. Why, why are you celebrating? Because you're alive. Uh, so we, I was invited by the commander to go down there. That's a, a crazy story, and I did not feel worthy to be in the room. Um, but this young man that was there, uh, he came in late because he had to go and visit one of his one of uh, the other soldiers. He's a, a tank commander. And two or three days prior to coming out of out of Gaza, Aza in Hebrew, uh, the there was two RPGs that were launched at his tank. One of them went behind him, miss the, missing the tank totally, but was so close to him that he felt it come by. The other one, it was not a direct hit, but it hit the tank. One of the soldiers in the tank was was injured in the hospital. Last I heard, is doing fine. Um, because this man's a commander, he was sitting up about half out of the tank, and he was not injured in any way. Um, he had been given an option. I was told later, to uh, because of the the valiantry, he was given an option to not go back. He's there now. Why? conviction because he knows he knows that the battle that he does not win today 
his children will have to fight tomorrow. Mm. I think I wanted to run off what you were saying because I thought we left with a comment before you mentioned this that I cannot imagine walking into that room. That must have been uh, <laughs> humbling. Maybe that's the best way of because you're walking amongst people that are just carrying out a conviction to defend the land. That's pretty pretty incredible. Um, and you're just there just to support and love. I want to say that first and foremost. Let's look at um here. I think that if you think about the conviction of that this is within a military unit, I think that's actually one of the problems is people look at conviction as, oh, I'm convicted that I believe in God. It's like, okay, well, but that's not that's yeah. only halfway or that's only mm-hmm. a portion of the way. Yeah. There's an identity that's lacking because when we look at the other side of hatred, they look at it as it is their mission to carry out to do that is their life's purpose. And there is no other reason for them to be alive is to carry this out. That's if they had the a podcast and be death on purpose. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The opposite of what we would yeah. put on would yeah. be death on purpose. And that's what that's they true. would be uh, preaching day in and day out to their children, not just, not to mm-hmm. how we probably reach more. I think our demographics are more into the later teens or thirties or something is probably where our demographics are. Uh, no, this is to five-year-olds over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So when we look over here, we're still just living life, doing whatever. And one of the reasons why of that, and it's again, you got to figure out where's, where's your conviction going to lie in because it's not good enough as we see even now, it's not good enough just to be, Oh, I believe in, I believe that my Messiah died for me 2000 years ago. That's great. And everything. What's next? What, what, yeah, what what, what's, what's left? What are you doing today? What, what does that mean? What does that mean to be convicted? What does that mean? And I would like to offer, and I'd love to hear what y'all's opinions are on this based on, I think we have to look at it sort of also through the military lens. Like you were talking about these stories from the IDF. It's from that to be able to go each and every day to realize that there's a mission. There's a mission at hand mm-hmm. and God has given us daily missions every day. And if you don't know, just ask him because <laughs> there is a daily mission to be achieved. Um, yeah. Hope that we try to solve them all every single time, but we'll probably miss the mark. But if, as long as we try, that's the thing we can do is try and our conviction will carry us uh, quite a bit. If we actually rely on it, that's the problem is I think in the West, we don't believe that conviction will carry us. You know, and I, one of the things you said on on Shabbat, Dad, at Life Assembly, that was probably the probably the heaviest hitting for me. Um, you were talking about how unified the Israeli people are right now, oh. and how how imagine imagine for a second, our listeners, imagine that something happened in the United States that was so drastic that it caused Donald Trump and Joe Biden to come together to shake hands and to be working with each other every single day and picking up each other's slack. And I mean, it's, it's not imaginable. I can't imagine that happening. And then, and then imagine people from the farthest left to the farthest right, you know, the AOCs of the world, all the way over to like, I don't know, some far right group, the Proud Boys Ted or Bruce. something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know, all of them rallying under one tent with one yeah. cause. Yeah. That's what's happening over there. Like the degree of differences in belief politically was just as much as it is here. 
if yeah. not more, because it's in Israel and everything is, uh, you know, amplified there. And so you have something like that where something happened, October 7th happened, and the people all of a sudden were unified. All of the dumb politic stuff was set to the side, and they said, we have a goal, and we have to achieve it. Because if we don't achieve this goal, there won't be anything to argue about politically, mm-hmm. because we'll all be dead. And what is there- okay. you were you were saying in the context that you said maybe one of the reasons that you know messianics essentially are so ready to argue about anything is because we don't have anything to fight for right now. We mm. haven't rallied under one flag of something to fight for, and that's true. You know what? Some people are willing to fight for in in our typical our general belief system whether or not you should have a kosher kitchen or not yeah people fight for that yeah seriously people have split over that kind of thing and what i have one of the phrases that i've coined that i'm I'm rather proud of is none of these things none of the typical things and anyone listening can probably list off at least 12 of the dumb argument stuff none of these things are hills worth dying on. There's only one hill that's worth dying on. And we don't even have to do that because Yeshua died on it for us. <laughs> we have to come back to a place where we're willing to so fight true. for something because so until mm. that happens, we will not be unified. Mm-hmm. So which, so I would like to run with what you're saying there. So in in a way, in our search for conviction, instead of being so convicted about to use your example, whether we should go with a very strictly kosher kitchen, like having two kitchens, because I'm aware of that argument, I'm aware of what that means and uh, the ramifications for it. And honestly, yeah, it, I think that it, in the in the grand scheme of our lives, I, I do think that's probably a little bit of a silly discussion. Uh, some people might feel really about that, but I think that, like you said, I think there's only one hill that we should be dying on. Where can we find common ground? Because I guarantee when you walked in the room of 500 soldiers, Mike, I guarantee that not every single one of them thought the same way. I guarantee they were not a part of the same political party. I guarantee that they were, but they knew there was a mission and all the other stuff didn't matter. That stuff only mattered when there was peace and they were going to fight until then they got peace and then they could argue and complain about whether a policy should work or not. You know, David, on, on October 6th, Israel was on the verge of civil war. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, there were uh, Hanok Young, who's a good friend, uh, said, "You know, we are on the verge of civil war." October seventh, total unity. Why? Because mm-hmm. conviction meets conviction, and in order for you to overcome a conviction of evil, you have to you have to bring a higher rate of conviction. And so there's people in the room the other night. Yeah. (laughs) Different parties. We have two in America, basically Uh, Mm -hmm. in Israel. There's, I can't remember. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's in the dozens. I think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody in that room cared. There were young men and women wearing zitzit. Some that didn't. There were some that had peyote, the curls. Some that didn't. There were some that had kippahs. Some that didn't. But the crazy thing is that the 
non-observant Jewish men right now are asking to wear tzitzit. Mm-hmm. Now you guys understand. Maybe some on our program don't don't understand that, but you guys understand that. I mean, there. So you have you have these non-observant Jewish men that are wearing tzitzit without a kippah. You have Druze, and Druze are a totally different religion that pays themselves back to Jethro of uh, last week's Torah portion. They've started wearing tzitzit in solidarity. Mm-hmm. There are IDF units that said, we have one one soldier here that's eating kosher. We're all eating kosher. Okay? They're laying down their lives for their fellow man. Mm-hmm. because they understand they have to. I was looking over here. Sorry, I can't find it. Uh, I have a bracelet, uh, a t- just a, a, a very simple bracelet that was given out during the time of the Second Intifada, the Oslo War from 2000, 2004. And these were for people that were killed for t- from terrorist attacks during that time. Right now, that bracelet is a souvenir of the past. But see the because Israel as a political state did not have the conviction to follow through and win the victory of the Oslo war the children and grandchildren of those some of them who died in that war are now mm. fighting for victory in this one. We must be people of conviction today. Mm. And I was, sorry, I was kind of, when I say things, I kind of hear the response of, of, of people, potential responses of people. And I can almost hear the response of some people saying, but they don't accept Yeshua. Isn't that, it doesn't that make it hard to, to rally around something to fight for? And I want to say that I understand that comment. I understand because yes, for me, Yeshua is the number one thing to fight for. But I also know that Yeshua is the son of God. Yeshua is the son of the God of Israel. And Yeshua is coming back to establish his kingdom in Israel. And in this present day and age, I can't be over there circumstances and what God has called me to does not allow me to be over there and express my convictions in the way that they are able to express theirs by fighting for that land. And so do I consider the, the God of Israel, they may not know him as Yeshua or know that the God of Israel has a son, but they acknowledge the God of Israel and they fight for the land that he proclaimed to be his, the apple of his eye. And so can I, look upon that as something to rally around and something to say that is common enough of a denominator for me to wholeheartedly show you my love and my conviction and to stand with you and die next to you. Yes, absolutely. That is, that is enough. It's I, just me, that. And I'm also, I'm sorry, one more thing just before I forget, because that, that happens to me, obviously. <laughs> um, you have four children, I'm sitting here so. wondering is it easier to rally around a a common enemy than it is to rally around a common king? 
I think that's another show. Oh, oh man. I was like, yeah, that's where I was wanting to yeah. think about that yeah. idea too. I, I, yeah. Oh, I man. think that's a program in itself. Uh, so make a note of that one, Daniel. Uh, David, before I turn it over to you, let me, uh, let me just reach in here real quick. Uh, regarding this thing of what somebody believes, um, at, at the, um, at the celebration I was invited to, uh, which is sounds so crazy even now when I say it, that, uh, the, uh, the commander of the unit invited me to come and, um, uh, I don't understand Hebrew. And they're they're giving out, you know, they're 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 acknowledging those that are fallen, and then they're giving out awards to the uh, to the soldiers for valiant valiantry, and they they keep giving out awards. I'm just sitting there, I'm listening, and you know, I don't I don't hear anything. I don't know anything. I, I hear it when they say Israel. I, I know that, but I don't hear any, I don't know anything else. And I hear my name, and I'm like, what? And the person next to me said, they have an award for you. Go up there. I've never felt so small in all my life. Um, and it was, it had my name on it, but it's, it's for our, it's for this ministry because we've helped. We've done what we could for uh, select, a couple of select IDF units over there with no strings attached. And let me tell you this. I never asked one time what they believed. When a man or a woman is standing in a war for you, you don't ask what they believe. You ask, what can I do to help you? Mm. And for these out there, these mental midgets that would say, well, are they messianic or are they this or are they that? Please don't put that on my Facebook page. Because I will not give you the honor of your comment staying on there. I will delete it immediately. I don't ask what a person believes. I ask what they need to survive. David? I'm taking a pause just because I can't imagine acknowledging these acts and then and you're just there like I'm just here just to just to show support and in their mind they thought to thank you was really freaking cool like I, oh. that's just really really cool because oh. you like you would never blame them if they would have forgotten it, whatever because it doesn't matter oh you're here you're yeah. here to help you're here to support yeah. oh man like there's so many things that oh there this is something that I think we're just in a it seems like it keeps getting repeated year and year every year every year kind of what you said to hopefully maybe segue for next week, this idea of unity, uh, whether it's over around a King or around a common enemy, that's a fantastic thought because like, as soon as you have war, cause I was thinking, okay, nine 11, we've had a lot of people in solidarity. There was a lot of that happening now. Whenever what's weird is now, whenever we have an attack, unless it's just not big enough, that that doesn't exist anymore in this country, which is wild. Um, but not yet, I guess, right? We don't know what the future holds for this country. So that's interesting. I, I think a, a thought from this program going forward is that right now we're talking about life and death and a military force moving in and stuff. But now I think there is a way that you can reconcile this back together like Daniel and Mike been saying when it comes to our faith and as we're walking it out each and every day and walking it out with conviction. I think we've got to realize 
our righteous zeal over a pet topic that we believe is just foundational to our theology does not mm. mean we have to disregard other people. And I really think that that's been lost. It's, it's almost disheartening when you go to congregations and so forth, and it's just lost. You don't believe this? Well, I don't, I don't care. Uh, because in, if a life and death situation were to show up at your door, that's gone. That's just gone. Or you're not there. Yeah. Or you're not there in the fight. You're gone. You're not yeah. a part of it. Because they that can't be a part of the conversation. That's that's not even a, a that's not even within the realm of what those people who are brave and who are heroes. That's not even within the realm of their thinking. They have a mission and they're doing it, and it's to preserve life. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to this thing, this topic, we are preserving life in the in the sense of spiritually. Why can't we make that reconciliation? Is something that boggles my mind. That we can't still look at someone and look at them as a still a decent human, but we have to go, well, so what day, uh, what about this, what do you eat? And we have to preface all this stuff instead of just mm -hmm. loving on one another. Just baffles me. Yeah. And praying for one another. Right? Praying yeah. for one another. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's very, uh, this thing we're talking about, It, I think back and I, I really experienced it personally because on October 6th, there was certain people that I was thinking about and be like, why do they do that? You know, why is this person in my path, like doing that thing? I, I don't understand that. Like, why can't they see this? And, and then October 7th happened and I saw their unwavering support for Israel. <laughs> I haven't thought a thing about those Gone. things that I thought were important since then, hmm. because I've looked at those people and said, you have showed by your actions, by your words, specifically actions, how much this land means to you. And that unified with, with our Messiah, with, with these particular people, I can stand by you. And I don't care what you believe in all those other little things. Like those things that I thought were so important, they just, it's so ridiculous actually. And it's so the enemy to, accentuate those things in your mind you know and it's really the the downfall of the torah movement of the movement of people who started to who discovered the torah and moved into it the downfall of it was putting a focus on knowledge because knowledge puffs up and when knowledge is not complementary to your actions to how you act in your faith and how you carry out what God has instructed you to do in your life. When, when knowledge becomes a focal point rather than a complementary supplementary thing, then you become prideful and those things become the focal point. And then the enemy has room to say, Oh yeah, you, you're good. You know, you know what you're doing. They don't know, you know, you are so far above them. Yeah. And it's such, he's such a snake. It's so, awful to look back and realize like how was i so deceived into thinking that that was an important thing and how did i let that become a lens by which i viewed my brother or sister you know daniel you mentioned that the uh you you, you talked about at camp yeshua one year that uh the enemy is was it reckless relentless relentless um he is also committed at a level committed to evil and destruction, the uh, the words of John says he comes 
only but to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And when we, if we could ever understand at what level he desires to kill, steal, and destroy, maybe it would change some of the things that we're, mm-hmm. we're doing in our lives and ask ourselves, are our convictions worth living for? Mm-hmm. And maybe more important, are our convictions worth dying for? Are our convictions worth ruining relationships over? Is what we're living, is what we're doing uh, actually worth it? Because the enemy is focused. He is focused. And what he did in Israel is he overplayed his hand. During the Oslo War, I have uh, friends who were injured. I have friends who lost their lives. Um, because of suicide bombers, because of uh, the Moment Cafe that blew up, a hotel that blew up, I almost lost a good friend there. Um, It was a tragic thing. But on this one, this time, the enemy overplayed his hand, and that caused unity. I want to take a few minutes, guys, as we close up, and I'll let you, I'll give you some just some closing thoughts. But um, I want to give a dis- disclaimer for those that have young children uh, or young teenagers that might be listening to this program. I want you to um, maybe turn it off, pause it, you to watch, listen to the rest of this, and you to make a decision of whether you want them to hear what I'm about to say. I'm going to to take just a few minutes. I'm going to tell you what happened. We saw the atrocities. People that were killed. Hostages that were taken. Today we found out that out of the 135 or so hostages that they say they still have, probably at least 35 are dead. Death to them was a gift. For the women, I, I heard from a, a reliable source in Israel that the women that were in the tunnels were being dressed up in a provocative dress and raped repeatedly. Men were also raped, beaten. In Israel, I talked to a young man whose friend was part of one of the kibbutz, kibbutzim outside of Gaza. He said when they went back afterwards with IDF soldiers, they went back in. They went into a synagogue in this one kibbutz, and they looked up to the front where the Torah scroll was, and there was two Jewish heads, one on each of the top of the Torah scroll stakes the posts that hold the Torah together. Two Jewish men that have been beheaded and their heads put upon those sticks, those poles. In one kibbutz, they beheaded the men and women and children with garden tools. We know the story of a man who had to bury his son in a casket without his head because he couldn't find it 
later on they would find it in an area of Gaza. They were trying to sell it. He would get that head back and would then exhume the body and would bury his son as in one piece, sort of. The atrocities go on and on. Every corner, it seemed that I walked around up at up at uh, Ginosar with the trees. They had the they had the pictures of the hostages. Every corner you go around, there was pictures of the hostages. Stores that had a picture of a single hostage. Everywhere there was these dog tags. Bring them back now. Everyone had a story. Everyone had a story of their children, of their grandchildren fighting this war in Gaza and just waiting for it to break out on the northern border. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy has a conviction. He is focused. Are we going to wait until it's too late for us to get some conviction? Are we going to go ahead and find it now while we still have time to maybe prepare for the fight that's ahead of us? I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, so after hearing what you're talking about, I don't think there's any room if any one of us had friends or people that were even acquaintances that had to endure a family member going through that. I don't think we would hold on to our petty mm. ideologies. We would just be there to support. It's just be like, no, I'm, and I'm not going to not say the God awful reason of, well, this is probably why this is probably why God allowed that to happen. Like stop, stop, stop. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way for me to it's, slap you, by the way. Yeah. Don't that's, that's not reconciling that. Just yeah. please don't ever say that. That's just, not the time, not the place to even think about talking about that. Um, because Israel is going to win this war. They will. And especially in the end, they will win. Um, we can do, uh, we can armchair, we can, what do they, what do they call that? Armchair quarterback that uh, later on and figure out, well, what went wrong? What went bad? Whatever. But right now there's a war happening. Just like we talked about, though, just like there's a war over there between good versus evil. We are in the exact same boat over here not really in the physical sense yet spiritually though we are absolutely in a in a war and if you fail to see that you need to be convicted at the level that the enemy is convicted to try to destroy you because he is just like you said mike and daniel relentless to destroy you he will come after you and he especially if you are active actively actively serving in missions that god is putting you into Especially, no matter how small or great they are, does not matter. If you are actively working for God's kingdom, the enemy does see you as an enemy and a threat. Yeah. That means he will come after you. So take that should be something that, like Paul says, take all joy in knowing that if you're being tried, that's a good thing. <laughs> These things are going. Like you're a part of something that's a much bigger thing. And I just hope that if anything can come from this is that a unity will happen in Israel that will be unlike any other. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I hope that there'd be a unity within over, over here, just of mm -hmm. not yeah. just our pet ideologies, but 
for the land of Israel. That could yeah. be maybe a we could have a hill of dying on that Messiah is that we have a Messiah who died already so long ago for us, and that Israel is his land. Maybe that would be yeah. great to have at least two hills to die on. <laughs> so instead yeah. of all the other ones that we want yeah. to make. Um from what you've described, Dad, we have we have seen the face of evil in our time. Um, I was seven when when nine eleven happened. No, no, um, no, no box in my my child head for that kind of thing. Had no idea. Um, it was a heinous act of evil. Obviously, killed many many people, and. I heard it said that um, one of the great mistakes that the United States made was to not put that on a continuous playback, never stopping to remind people that evil has a face. It's not just a faraway idea or something that you think happens to you when something is inconvenience. Um, it has a face and it is like you said, David, there is an active thing going on right now. It is not passive. There's an active war that is 100% good versus evil. And I encourage people again, because daddy brought back reports of the amazing things that God has allowed our financial, our financial giving to do. And it needs to keep going because a hundred dollar de donation here could be literally a life saved. It could be a bulletproof vest. It could be the light on a gun to allow a soldier to see a little better. It could be any number of those things, or you know what? It might be a good meal for a soldier. Yeah. And that may seem small to us when we think about it from our comfy couches over here. But if you think about a soldier who's been away from home, for three months and has not had a good meal the entire time. There is no underestimation to be had of what a soft bed, a fresh change of clothes yeah. and a meal can do to keep that soldier going and fighting the war that we cannot from where we are. And so I just encourage people to continue to sacrifice a little even of what you have now in the comfortable time that we have and know that it is that God has a way of doing things with it that you could never imagine. Yeah. There's so much good that's going on. You talk about uh, meals and we've, I, I think I've bought more food in the last three months than I have in uh, most of my life. Um, I say me, I didn't, it wasn't me. Um, but the morale keeping the morale up. I've, I was not in, I was in the army, but not during wartime. Uh, I know what it's like to eat MREs meals rejected by everyone and then to have a hot meal. And so we were able to help with those, uh, even close to the front lines. Um, I want to say a word of thanks. There are, uh, some people on this program, listening to this program that I know that gave, uh, that gave to the projects that we've been doing over the last three months. Uh, you will never know all the stories. There's some that I can't tell you. Uh, I, you know, I don't like to say that, but it's just the truth of what I have to do. 
and um there's there's all kinds of all kinds of wild stories that happened of 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 things that that I didn't know we were involved in until I got over there and found out um I received uh two awards while I was there uh they have my name on them but for all of those of you who gave during this last 3 months or so um my name is just the result of the shadows of your names uh it's it's your names you're the heroes to me all i was was a person that uh that took the money from one hand and put it over into somebody else's hand and so i want to thank each of you uh you will never know this side of eternity the difference that you made and possibly the lives that you saved through your giving and through your prayers so when we talk about the verse of i know the plans i have for you for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope um maybe that's not talking about a um you know a mansion over the hillside maybe that plan that he has for you is to be an active part of the war that's going on today mm-hmm. so that you can share that hope and that future with other people to give them hope until next week take care see you guys see you next time see ya. you alone hear my every prayer you're the god who's always there